throughout our time talking, it became apparent that I had this sort of dream I was had in my head that I was almost too afraid to, to speak out loud because it seemed too big. It seemed, you know, too far away from my current point. I couldn't understand how I would ever get from where I am now working in a really low paid job where I'm living with my boyfriend. And it just felt like, how am I going to not get out because I'm not trying to escape my life. Um, but you know, how do I get from there to, you know, from here to there? What if I told you that the only thing keeping you trapped in a soul sucking job was your own obsession over how to make a successful career transition? This week on our Transformation Tuesday episode, you're going to meet my client, Rebecca Ross. She had been delaying on a big career ambition for a decade. Stuck in many of the same stories that we all use. Am I good enough? Why would anybody hire me? I don't have the experience. How do I make it happen? Yet, as you're going to discover this week, once she owned her true desires and put her energy behind what she wanted instead of what she was afraid of, she made a seven-day career transition. This is an awesome client case study. Welcome to episode 114 of Life Amplified. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I use my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. There are two type A's who show up in my coaching practice a lot. We've talked a lot about the achievers, the people who are climbing every ladder of success only to get to the top and realize it's not the thing that they wanted. However, there's another group that I call the aimless. These are the people wandering through life, going through the motions with no real connection to themselves or a dream bigger than where they're at. And the problem is, is if you're a person who's aimless, you're going to do one of two things. Number one, you'll start chasing the dreams other people told you that you should chase, or you'll abandon yourself completely and start supporting everyone else in your life to chase their dream while ignoring your own needs. My client, Rebecca Ross, was in the same position when she joined the eight-week accelerator program back in April. And in nine weeks, not only did she go from confused about her future to crystal clear about her dream job, she also put herself out there with newfound confidence, landed the dream job in seven days, and since that time, she's already been promoted and even picked up a company car in the process. Uh, Coming up on this episode, you're going to meet Rebecca. Some of the topics that we're going to talk about is recovering from codependency and the dangers of looking to other people to find your happiness. She's also going to explain the number one reason most of us don't get our needs met, and that's the fact she wasn't even sure what hers were. We'll talk about the difference between staying in a job because you're good at it versus doing the work that you're passionate about, and Rebecca's going to talk about her journey to change at the level of identity. So she started showing up in the world as the woman who already had the job and how she manifested her dream job even quicker because of it. Rebecca is an awesome client with so much wisdom to share. I think you're really going to appreciate her story. And you can follow her adventures on Instagram at Rebecca Ross. 
If you love the conversation, if you're inspired by it, especially right now during a time when so many people feel trapped career-wise because of the pandemic and the economy, please share this episode with your friends. You can screenshot it, upload it to Instagram, and don't forget you can tag me at CSC Dan Mason. How quickly can you reinvent your career in life? Rebecca is going to talk about her seven-day career transition on this episode of Life Amplified. It's another Transformation Tuesday. We go all the way across the pond to London. Rebecca Ross, welcome to Life Amplified. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Honestly, it's one of my life goals to be on a podcast. So You manifested that on top of manifesting so many other things over the course of 2020. And I think people are really going to be inspired by your story. But I want to go all the way back to the beginning because I, I always like to pull out the initial coaching applications. One of the questions on my coaching application is, what hesitations do you have about working with Dan? You said, uh, are my goals even big enough? It feels like my goals aren't good enough to be considered. I'm not already at the brink of success and looking for that last push. I don't even know what kind of business or life I really truly want. So it's scary to push a button to fast forward a process I feel like I'm only at the beginning of. As soon as I realized I had to fill out an application, I immediately felt like I wasn't good enough. Whoa. Oh, wow. What comes up for you when you hear that, when you think of the, this person that you were less than a year ago? I don't even recognize that as myself. That's so strange. I don't even remember even, like, I, I remember feeling that way, but I don't remember putting that down sort of pen to paper, as it were. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, we'll talk uh, about Rebecca for a second, because on the, you know, to the outside observer, it seems like you had everything going on at that point in your life. I mean, you're going to get a more of a sense of Rebecca's personality today. She's a blast. She's super energetic, a ray of sunshine when you're around her. She's always a positive influence in the uh, eight-week accelerator group program, very supportive. She's a very smart woman. You're a beautiful woman. And- you also like already had this big following on Instagram. I remember looking you up on Instagram. I'm like, this girl got more followers than me. Wait, what the hell? <laughs> What's going on? We don't like to use the word influencer, but you you kind of are. You've got a lot of uh, partnerships and, and some brand ambassadorships. To the outside world, if they just looked at your Instagram feed, I'd be like, this girl's great. She's got everything she wanted. What was the disconnect from you owning that internally and feeling, my God, I'm not enough, my goals aren't enough, and I'm so not enough, I can't even, you know, I'm skeptical to even fill out this application to ask for help. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd like to just say for the record that I do not consider myself to be an influencer, but um, yeah, I... (laughs) I will say, I will challenge you, just because I get people who DM me, like, from, from Europe and from the UK, and they'll be like, oh, I found you because Rebecca was talking about you on her Instagram feed. I'm like, oh, my God, Rebecca's great. How do you know her? They're like, oh, I don't. I just follow her. I'm like, mm. oh, my God, I love that. <laughs> well, they, they, they don't tell me that. But yeah, I mean, as you know, um, I like shout about coaching as much as I can. So I'm really, really glad that people are actually, you know, that I'm like I'm helping people with, with that and not just showcasing like the latest range of fabletics or whatever I'm promoting but yeah um from the outside I think I've always appeared to kind of have it 
everything kind of in order and things going well for me. And to be honest, I think that most of my life has been quite easy. You know, I've never really, you know, had to go through too much struggle and, you know, everything. I've just kind of, I think the issue is I've always just walked mindlessly through life. Mm. And part a lot of that comes down to the fact that, you know, before I knew what codependency was, you know, I just very much felt like other people came first, especially, you know, my boyfriends and, and you know, people like that in my life. When, when I was in living in Glasgow, um, you know, I barely went to university, although I, I did go. But, you know, my boyfriend was always my priority. And, and then he wanted to move to London. So here I am living in London. <laughs> um, and, you know, even I always you know, kind of almost made it part of my personality that I didn't have any goals. You know, I just wanted to be happy, quote unquote. Um, And, you know, I kind of thought, well, you know, if they're following their dreams and I'm along for the ride, then that's enough. And even up until three years ago, literally to the day when I met my now boyfriend, um, you know, I said, he asked, I said, what are your goals? And, you know, he quite confidently told me that he wanted to live in a cabin and have a dog and I'm sure he'd be embarrassed if he listens to this, but, and I have a hot wife. That was his checklist. <laughs> I think I was joking like, oh, tick, and like one thing's off the list. But, you know, when it came down to what my list was, I said, I don't know. I just want to be happy. But as I know, we've talked about it so many times that you can't really measure happiness. And I think that because I had no goals and no kind of aspirations, it was impossible for me to ever feel that. I only got my happiness through my relationship. And I think that's a really toxic place to live. And I've, I've learned that now. And I very much feel like I've come out the other side, which is why it feels so strange to listen to that. And if you look at the research that's out there, I think part of what, you know, all the Harvard researchers and the people who are way smarter than me, you know, they usually talk about happiness not even being the real goal we should be aiming for because happiness is fleeting, right? Like if you and your boyfriend, Tom, shout out to Tom. We've talked about him many times in the, in the uh, coaching programs. <laughs> all good things that worry Tom. Yes, of course. <laughs> But, you know, if you and Tom are getting along, you're happy, right? If the money's coming in and you have a job that you like, if things are going well at work, if people are treating you the way you want, you're happy. But the minute that you aren't getting the things that you want, happiness is fleeting. You get stuck in traffic. The train is running late. Bus is late. All of a sudden, you're not happy, right? So, it, like, happiness is this fleeting, vague thing. And it's why so much uh, of the research says we need to look for meaning, right? If, if you're living a meaningful life that you know who you are, you know what you're here to contribute, then you sort of have something that will keep you going, even when the conditions of life aren't just dumping happiness on your door, right? And, but I hear that, that there was just such a lack of connection to yourself, you know, with those codependent patterns of what do I need to be or who do, what do, how do I need to show up or what can I attach to that will make others happy? Ultimately, what was the cost for you of living that way? Like, how did you feel most mornings? How did you get through life living that way? Well, I mean, I'm sure that it's quite an obvious answer to you and everyone listening, but, you know, you know, I wasn't able to find my own happiness. It very much depended on, you know, other people and how they made me feel, as it were, which obviously now I understand that, that's not a good way, you know, a good way to live. And I, I know, as you very kindly mentioned, I do 
consider myself a very sort of happy positive person and but it was a struggle for me to constantly feel like my needs weren't getting met but now I understand that that's because I didn't know what they were yeah yeah (laughs) so (laughs) that's our point number one is like what are your needs and how do you meet them whereas if you're just kind of waking up with this vague sense of unhappiness but never really exploring why I think a lot of people feel that way and they're sometimes they're too afraid to actually uncover that box and work out what what's wrong one of the things that always came up in our coaching calls uh when you were still going through this process and working through it to find your direction there was always this idea of one day grown-up rebecca is going to do this thing grown-up rebecca will make this decision but you didn't really at the level of identity perceive yourself being grown-up rebecca yet how was all of the indecision and the sort of waiting for, for life to construct itself or for you to morph into this other thing without taking action, how was it keeping you stuck? I mean, it just meant that I wasn't doing anything, essentially. You know, I was very much kind of like stuck in a rut. I was in a job that I'd been on and off working in for seven years, um, which I really enjoyed. You know, I felt like I was good at it, which is why I enjoyed it. I loved the people that I worked with, but I was working in an industry that I didn't have any care or passion about, essentially. Um, You know, I was really just going day to day. The years are flying by. I've lived in London now for seven years. And, you know, I I left that job twice, um, once to become a stylist because, you know, why not? Um, And the other because I felt like I could make more money doing kind of a different version of that job. But eventually, you know, as as people find, I was coming across the exact same issues out with that job. So it felt like better the devil you know. I knew I would be in a secure position, you know, working indoors because a lot of the time I was kind of working out and about. And it just felt like a stable place to be and a stable place for money because obviously for me, especially living in London, having a steady income can be something that's necessary if you don't want to be homeless. Um, so that's, you know, really just the where I was, just going through life, really kind of not really feeling like I was moving forward. And as is often the case, when there is a decision that we know that we need to make. Well, let's back up and give context to that also. Grown-up Rebecca in your mind, you know, if grown-up Rebecca were living her best life, she had a dream for this other career where she didn't really have any experience. There was no security of knowing, oh, I, I am definitely good at this thing. Talk a little bit about what the dream was in terms of getting into property management and that industry and having your collection of real estate around the world? So, I mean, growing up Rebecca was, you know, really a concept that lived within me that I didn't even know was a concept. I think a lot of people live, and I certainly sometimes still even do, like, you know, when in the future, when this thing happens, this unknown entity, you know, then I'll be happy or I'll worry about that. You know, even still to this day, I joke, oh, that's future Rebecca's problem. But now I think that I very much considered it to be when I was older. And I turned 30 this year, which I'm still (laughs) I'm still grappling with. And I think that, you know, alongside coronavirus and turning 30, um, you know, I definitely felt like, oh, my God, I'm I'm stuck in a rut here. You know, I'm not getting married. I'm not having babies. I'm not wildly successful, you know, in, in any part of my life, really, or, or so I felt 
you know, before we, you know, we really kind of got into things with coaching and it, it felt very scary to then make a decision because it was like, okay, now it's crunch time. Now is when the serious decisions have to get made. Otherwise, you know, I'm sort of run, running out of time. And wow, that sounds so depressing. But now I don't feel that way, luckily. Um, you know, moving in from, well, moving away from events, events management that I was working in before with coronavirus, obviously events are no longer. Yeah, that industry thing. is out the window for the time being. Exactly, which, which is so scary to think for so many people that are obviously still kind of holding out hope for that industry to make a return um, in, in the near future. But, you know, so many people that I've spoken to, even the girls that I'm still friends with from my old job, it just seems like, what is the next step? What can you do? Where can you go? And throughout our time talking, it became apparent that I had this sort of dream I was had in my head that I was almost too afraid to, to speak out loud because it seemed too big. It seemed, you know, too far away from my current point. I couldn't understand how I would ever get from where I am now working in a really low paid job where I'm living with my boyfriend in London, which I don't like, by the way. And it just felt like, how am I going to not get out because I'm not trying to escape my life. Um, but, you know, how do I get from there to, you know, from here to there? How do I level that's up? Where, exactly. But it didn't even seem like leveling up because that seemed achievable, obviously, through following you and obviously my coaching with Sarah Riley before. I understood and I, I already felt myself moving up to the next level, mm-hmm. but a very, more like a the mezzanine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, not a full floor, but, you know, it seemed too far away. And that's where this concept of future Rebecca was, because it felt like I don't have to worry about that now. But even just understanding and speaking this out, this out loud that, you know, I want to be a landlord, I want to own property, you know, here and, and abroad. And that that was something that was actually doable, you know, I do. Mm. I, I have some savings, but um, <laughs> you know, no, certainly not enough to start uh, a property portfolio in London. And so, yeah, being able to actually understand, wow, I've taken a step towards that, as small as that might be, is is really exciting. And as life often does, you know, when we're sort of standing there on the ledge and we're ready to make a leap, but we're not quite sure if we're ready. Uh, the universe has a way of just pushing you off the ledge and saying, go now. <laughs> you ended up, uh, because of the live events industry and the struggle there, you ended up being laid off from that job, which I'm sure is terrifying on some level, but it drove you to new action. Talk about that process and how quickly, you know, this idea of, wait, on one part, sort of the small insecure part that says I'm not enough is like, how can I even send out resumes for these jobs who would hire me in the world of property versus the part of you that just intuitively knew that it was the right thing to do. And can you talk about how quickly things came together once you honored those desires and took aligned action? I mean, first of all, I want to mention that I would have been in crippling anxiety if it hadn't been for coaching like initially. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that I've worked with you before and also with Sarah and I feel like, you know, the thought of losing my job was just something that would have completely broken me. I would have been in bed under the covers, you know, crying. (laughs) And I think even the small amount of coaching I had before we had our eight week accelerator course, you know, I wouldn't have even been able to become on the call. 
so I was already felt a little prepared and a little more relaxed about about things than maybe I would have been a year ago. So that's why when I came on board, I was sort of like, okay, let's make the most of this time. Let's do this, you know, positive mental attitude. But then obviously reality sets in, coronavirus hits, I'm working from home. We get the call. I'm really sorry. You know, the furlough scheme that the UK is running, essentially, it doesn't cover us. We can't pay you anymore. So, you know, we're going to have to lay you off. And then I literally just started typing up CVs, um, or you guys call them resumes, right? So <laughs> um, I'll make sure to use the right lingo. Typed up all my resumes and, you know, started to post things online um, and really started to just push myself forward. I decided that I was going to get a job in property and I didn't know how or what or where or whatever. Um, but that was the path that I was going to go down. So I started literally just going down my local high street, just handing out CVs into the state agents, um, speaking to people one-on-one, explaining that I was looking for a job, you know, whether it was going to be on the front desk or whether it was going to be in sales or I didn't I didn't know I don't know anything about property and so I, I handed in my CV um, and actually um, applied online on the Monday I had a call back on that Wednesday another call um, with the um, director of the company the next day and then I was offered the job the day after that and then I started the next Monday <laughs> so but with less than seven days I had a job <laughs> Sure. But a job, how long had this idea of future Rebecca working in the industry been floating around in your mind? Like, how long had you been stalling on making the decision, thinking that it would take forever? I mean, I think subconsciously for for years, you know, maybe for 10 years or something, but I, I didn't actually ever speak out loud that I even wanted this as a dream. Yeah. You know, I felt, I think I mentioned to you before, you know, I kind of felt in some ways that I could do anything in, in a sort of cocky, confident way, you know, like, oh yeah, like I can, I can handle that. Um, and my parents are, are quite successful. They have their own business, they own property. And I just felt like, oh, well, probably in the future, that'll be me. But now obviously I'm 30 years old. You know, I was coming from a business where I was making like 26 grand a year, which is even in if you do with the conversion rates, it's still nothing. And, you know, I suddenly realized, wow, I'm not, you know, this light that I'm on does not take me to the future that I am imagining for myself yeah. subconsciously. And so even just being on, the, being on the calls with you and all the other people that were there and kind of very encouraging and hearing their dreams and just understanding that you need to take the next step. You need to just put one foot in front of the other. Um, because if you don't have a point that you're actually heading towards, you're going to, you know, the same as if you're driving, if you're looking over to the pavement, you're going to hit the pavement. You know, you really need to be looking in the direction that you're going to, to make sure that you go there. And so even just realizing on that call, okay, this is what I want. I have a direction finally. And, and actually going there and doing it, it's been such a, you know, an incredible and sort of confidence building <laughs> exercise for me. So years of inaction, for a result that you created in seven days once you got in alignment with your desires. Like that's how quickly it could happen. You mentioned this idea of confidence just now. What have you learned about confidence through the course of doing this work and showing up and, and, and committing to your personal development that maybe you were missing the target on or didn't understand before? As I say, I've always been quite lucky that 
you know, I've, I've sort of fallen into jobs and, but it's never really led me to any kind of fulfillment or success with the exception of, you know, I'm don't get fired or, <laughs> or, or something like that. But, you know, doing this, which is for me and me only, you know, I'm not just doing something for money. I'm not doing something for somebody else because their dream kind of aligns with this. This is really only only for me. And if God forbid, you know, Tom and I were to break up, that wouldn't affect where I work and and the mm. the kind of path that I'm on now. And I feel very confident about that. I don't want to say there's a light at the end of the tunnel or something like that, but it's it's been very refreshing for me to think, wow, this is actually has a direction. And although maybe I don't want to work in property management for my whole life in terms of, you know, as a, as a assistant property manager, as is my official title, but I really feel that this is the first positive step, you know, that I've actually made for, for future Rebecca, who is me. So, yeah. We had also talked at one point, and I know this came up over the course of the coaching program. As you embark on a personal growth path, you start to take inventory of the social circles and the relationships that you're investing time in. It's been said so many times to the point where it almost sounds cliche, but it's true. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You started to notice as you got on this path that there were a lot of relationships in your life that maybe weren't aligned with the woman that you were growing into. Can you talk about that process and even to some degree how being in that container of a group coaching program with a mentor and being with like-minded people who were also pushing forward? Uh, In fact, Rebecca was in the same group as uh, some of the ladies you met a few weeks ago with Christy and Louise and Claudia. What was that experience like of just being surrounded by other people who value what you value and are working toward their goals as well? I feel like sometimes we joke that being in coaching is kind of like being part of a cult. Um, <laughs> you know, in the best, most friendly, like non-murder-suicide-y way. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, come drink my Kool-Aid, everybody. Yeah, well, terrifying. So I feel like once I sort of discovered coaching and discovered, you know, the, it's the small things that you just have to understand and that, that it's really just these few things, you know, making these decisions or changing your mindset and these easy buzzwords that you hear a lot of people saying. But once you get immersed into it, it's hard not to want to shout about it from the rooftops. As I mentioned, obviously, when I first started work with Sarah Riley, I found the change to be almost immediate in my mindset. And that was crazy to me, you know, I'm unlike Louise, obviously I know that you mentioned, you know, when you've got six years worth of trauma, it's harder to sort of change those beliefs. But, you know, for me, these 30 years of trauma and then being able to have somebody say, oh, what about this? And have you thought about that? And then, you know, you're, you are the mind blown emoji every time you, <laughs> every time you have a call, it's, it's hard not to want to talk to everybody about it. Obviously, I'm a very talkative person, so I, I find, found it very hard not to want to share that, you know, the, the secret of life that I d- discovered. I was always very shocked to be met with, you know, sort of anger or frustration of friends that didn't really want to hear about it. You know, it almost felt like I was poking holes in their reality when I'm like, you know, you don't have to be upset. You're not controlled by the universe and you create the blueprint for your life and, you know, la 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 as I like sort of wander through with a hat smile. 
And I think for a lot of people, that's very hard to hear. And, you know, they push back on self-help and coaching. I think because they think it's some easy fix that doesn't apply to them because their life is so hard. But obviously all of us, yourself included, have been through things that that could make, you could have gone down that path of my life was so hard and all these things happened to me. And that's the reason why I am who I am. And, you know, I'm so angry about the world and et cetera, et cetera. Also known as victim Um, consciousness. Yeah, like exactly. You know, I have a lot of friends. I think that we leaned on each other and our relationship was built on essentially moaning mm. about how crap our lives were and how annoying our jobs were or our boyfriends or how we didn't have enough money and all those things that I think a lot of people do bond over those things. And I don't think that's wrong, but I think when your relationship is built on on those kind of... It's connection through commiseration is what yeah. it is right yeah when you're just rather making, than connecting just, through purpose exactly you know when you're just bonding over all the bad things in your life then when my life started to change when my mindset started to change where I thought I don't want to be complaining about these things I'm in control it was hard to maintain those relationships because you know I, they would just say I want to moan about this and I kind of felt like I didn't have I didn't have it in me to listen to that without trying to essentially coach them which obviously wasn't always met with (laughs) you know the best responses so you know I have had to make some not conscious changes where you know I have to break up with a friend or anything like that but just take a step back and understand that my time is valuable and what who I want to spend my time with you know really makes a difference to how I feel and how I then get my needs met which again I didn't know was a thing before and from being in the group, it is so such an amazing feeling. Um, as you know, I was part of another group um, before that I think my heart wasn't maybe in it then or just we were a different amalgamation of, of people. But for whatever reason, I didn't gel as well with that. And I think that that's to do with me and to do with where I was and my commitment level. But I think when I joined this group, something really... I don't want to say magical, that sounds really sad. But, um, you know, I think that everybody was just so in it together. Everybody was so willing to listen and nobody ever felt judged and everyone was always so supportive. And, you know, I think that the way that you run the course as well, like if somebody says something self-deprecating and you always kind of say to the group, oh, like put your hand up if you think like Rebecca's annoying or something. And then obviously, well, luckily no one puts put their hand up. Uh, <laughs> maybe they were just being polite. But um, you know, I think the way that we all were very supportive of each other and the Facebook group and all of that, it really showed you that not only are you supported in all these decisions and that you are making the right choice and all these things, is that you can see action happening in front of you with all the other girls. You know, like, you know, I think that especially people like Christy and Louise and Claudia, they were almost like role models to me on there to say wow if they're doing it I can do it too you know I I know that they've gone through things not better or or worse than me but you know they've gone through things that are so different to me that I couldn't even imagine having gone through that or you know as I as I've said to you before like, like Louise has this unique ability to just absolutely melt my heart with every every single thing that she says and you know obviously 
all of our journeys were so different with Christy wanting to sort of, she was in a business and start a new business and Claudia with her teaching and all those types of things. It really just shows it doesn't matter of your circumstances. You don't have to look at yourself and say, well, that's not me because I'm not here and they're there. It really just enabled me to really feel like anything is possible and, you know, really gave me the push to be like, I can do this and these people support me and yeah, it should have been great. <laughs> so, such a big difference from having people that either want you to stay broken or, or want you to stay small to justify why they're staying small or the people who just don't believe in their own dreams. So the minute you speak up about yours, they want to tear it down because it's usually a reflection of what they think is possible. So that's one of the things I love about the group coaching. One last thing uh, that we'll get to, you had mentioned, you would use this phrase, all these secrets of life that I've discovered that I like to share with my friends. So if there were one or two things that you took away from your time working together here in coaching that you would want to shout from the rooftops to, to the audience today, that maybe they've heard before, but they don't believe is possible, or maybe something you've discovered that, that is going to blow their minds and make them think in a whole new way. What would that be when you talk about these secrets of life and, and, and leveling up and, and finding this new sense of confidence? Well, no pressure. I'm going to have I, to try and blow people's minds now. <laughs> I know, this is it, right? Um, it will be immortalized forever on podcast. Make it good. Oh, God. Oh God. <laughs> okay. Okay, let me think. No, I talk to co- about coaching to everybody. It has so profoundly changed my life that it is hard for me to pinpoint just one thing. But I think in general, it's just the, the knowledge that the universe is on your side you know, nobody is out to get you. Um, you know, you don't have to just live with the cards that you've been dealt and and that's it. You know, you really can make a different decision and it will move you it will move you forward. You know, you just taking one small step, it is just can make such a huge difference. Um and I think just knowing that I'm in control, I am in the driver's seat. And my life just didn't feel that way before. It felt very much like I was sat sitting back here and my life was just sort of flying by. And I think for me, that's been the main thing. And I think that I'm hesitant to say because I couldn't identify with this at first. I've always said to you that, you know, I feel like I haven't found my quote unquote purpose or, you know, I don't have something in my heart that I just know that I was born to do. So to say find a direction always felt very frightening because I was like, ah, I don't know what direction to choose. But I feel like as soon as you say something out loud, you've made a choice. You say, I am going to do X. You know, I'm going to become a landlord. I'm going to own property. This is what my life is going to look like. And this is what I'm working towards. Then you are literally emitting like bat signals into the sky to tell the universe, this is what I want. And I have been constantly shocked of what I've received back. You know, even in my current job, I I turned down another job because it had, um, it was a sales job, but it had a car. But I just had a better feeling about the company that I was with now, but I didn't get a car. But I kept saying, oh, I really want a car. I even looked at buying a car. And then literally without prompt, my boss offers me a company car. (laughs) Yeah. And it turns out that was part of a, a bigger plan to then promote me into this new position that I'm now working in. But I didn't, obviously I didn't know that at the time, but it just is, it's crazy to me 
as I say, I'm not religious, but it is sort of like ask and you shall receive. And I honestly truly believe that, you know, the universe is working for you and not kind of the other way around. I love the fact that you shared that. I love the bat signal analogy. I always tell people, you know, people get into this mindset um, that the universe is testing you or that, you know, the universe is against you. And I think so often we take all of our childhood traumas or the ways that we felt supported or maybe unsupported by our caretakers growing up and we project that onto the universe. The universe doesn't have moods, right? It's not bitchy. It's not judgy. <laughs> it, it isn't. It, the universe just is. What I always tell people is the universe is reflecting you. And if the belief is, was, well, I'm not ready and I don't have a sense of direction and that's what you're speaking out loud, you tend to attract more evidence to make you feel that way. The minute that you finally spoke out loud about this property thing, and, and I think this is what people need to understand. It's not just like Rebecca found a job. She had two job offers in three days. And then even after she took a job, there were more job offers still coming in from people reaching out to her. But the thing is, is when I say the universe is reflecting us, most of us spend all of our focus, all of our creative energy in worry, in anxiety, in fear, and the universe will reflect that back to you too at a vibrational level. So it becomes managing your attention, focusing on what you want instead of what you don't want. And there's usually some work that happens in coaching is helping you understand those fear and trauma responses and, and why there's that part of you uh, that's assuming the worst or why why you have those beliefs that I'm not enough, my goals aren't worthy. And as you start to uncover and you can shift that energy, Rebecca always jokingly referred to me as Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> Just because, you know, she'll be at a story and I'm like, oh, here's the pattern that you're in. Here's the thing. And she'll be like, oh my God, Voldemort. It's not black magic. We just sort of see our own blind spots. And, and what I love from another just physics perspective, not even woo-woo or spiritual, an object in motion stays in motion. It's literally a basic law of physics. The minute that Rebecca put herself in motion toward the things that she desired, she hasn't looked back. And that's why I'm so, so proud of you uh, for all the work that you've done, literally a different woman in every way from, from the application that we shared at the beginning of the podcast. So grateful for you for sharing your story today. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, well, not even thank you for having me on your podcast, but like literally thank you for changing my life. And I don't say that lightly. It is really been a remarkable experience, I guess. Um, you know, it feels kind of weird even that that was who I was before. I almost don't even recognize that as a as a person. But exactly as you're saying, if you're coming from things from a place of lack and you know, always seeing the worst in things. And for me, language is so important. I really make sure that I, you know, it's something that I'm constantly, you know, working through every day. But you know, try not to referring to myself as I, I am X. You know, making these identity statements about myself, like I'm bad with money or something like that. I just don't. You know, I'm working constantly on all these little things that make such a huge difference that I think people really take for granted. And it's all about abundance. That's what I'll always say. 
I will co-sign and, on that. Love and Abusted, yeah. <laughs> well, you can follow Rebecca's adventures on Instagram at Rebecca Ross. You can find her there and see her taking over the world and buying property. I was almost going to say becoming the Donald Trump of Europe, but I don't know if that's the analogy. <laughs> that we... Well, I didn't think you thought so little of me, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, no, thank you so I'm much. Joking. I'm so proud of you. Good thank luck with you. everything. Thank you so much. I love Rebecca's honesty and vulnerability in that interview. Imagine delaying your dream for 10 years when, in fact, you could create it in as little as seven days if you honored your desires and put your energy behind what you want instead of what you fear. As you reflect on what Rebecca shared, I want you to consider what outcomes have you pushed away and delayed in your life because the fear of not getting it perfect or the fear of not being good enough has kept you stuck where you're at. Is it holding you back in your career? Is it holding you back in your health, in your finances? Is there a dream relationship that you'd like to create that you've been pushing off into the future? And more importantly, what has been the cost of staying stuck. I want to remind you, you don't have to live that way a second longer. You don't have to just get by and make it through. There is a new level of joy, abundance, passion waiting to be unleashed in your life, but you have to take the first step forward. And I want to remind you, you don't have to do it alone. Rebecca talked so eloquently about the importance of coaching and how having the right support helped her get her mindset right and kept her moving in the direction of her desires instead of her doubts. And if you'd like some extra support to break through to your next level, the good news is I do have a couple spots open right now for one-on-one VIP coaching. You can go to my website and apply for that, creativesoulcoaching.net. You fill out a coaching application. You'll be booked through to my calendar to schedule a complimentary discovery call. And it's an opportunity for you and I to jump on Zoom to talk about where you're at, where you want to be, and how I can help you get there faster. A lot of times we fail to take action on our dreams because we think it's going to take so much time. It's going to take so much work and it's going to take months and years. But as Rebecca proves, you could just be one vibration jump away. As Rebecca started to align her actions from a place of inspiration and joy instead of fear, the results came quickly and I think it can happen for anybody else. If you love the episode this week, be sure to screenshot it, upload it to Instagram. You can tag Rebecca at Rebecca Ross. You can find me at CSC Dan Mason. If you're listening on Apple, we would love those five-star ratings and reviews. It definitely helps us with the algorithm or whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Be sure to give us a follow. We are back with two episodes a week right now through the end of the year giving you the inspiration, giving you real-life examples from real people like you who've actually turned the corner during a pandemic. Don't wait until 2021, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. It is an honor to serve you. And don't forget, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live life amplified.